I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Hey ladies, so today I want to share with you guys a story that happened very recently, actually just last night while I was on a coaching call with a client. It is very funny to me how often I notice themes in my life that very closely relate to things that my clients are going through or my peers are experiencing or even what's happening in in you you guys' lives. It is funny and comical and fun and powerful all at the same time. And even though I don't know where you might be at today, my hope in sharing these things is that it would somehow speak to you and maybe be a timely reminder or a source of encouragement for you. So to back up, I'm going to start with what happened yesterday. Rewind to yesterday morning. I woke up a little earlier than usual because I'm, I'm working on building a better morning routine for myself. I'll be honest, I don't have the best morning routine, but I'm getting there. And while I was sitting in the office alone with my journal, I had some music playing, I noticed something felt off. There are actually a lot of mornings where I feel off and I've learned to just let this happen. Don't freak out. Don't go into a shame spiral about it because I used to. I used to really beat myself up for for not feeling my happiest, joyful self in the morning. Now I'm at a place where I just let it happen and I instead get curious with myself. Like, what's going on here? What are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? What's going on, Jesse? What have you not fully processed? What have you not been giving yourself time to think through? And oftentimes when this happens, I will actually write down at the top of the page in my journal, what are you thinking and feeling today? And I'll just let myself brain dump like just put everything down on paper. And it's so interesting to me, all the things that come up. Yesterday, what came up for me when I did this was the thought, I'm afraid that if I am not the best student, I am unworthy. And just to give a little context to this, I am getting ready to apply in the coming month for a new coaching program. I'm currently in a coaching program that I love and I will continue to be in. But the, this one that I have my sights set on is one that I've wanted to be in for a little over a year. I am obsessed with this woman. I love this coach. I, I want to commit to challenging myself and making this large investment in order to work with her. But as the, the date for enrollment is approaching, I'm starting to feel a lot more pressure and I'm second guessing myself. And, and one of the ways I'm second-guessing myself is with this question of, am I even worthy? And what comes to mind for me when I'm asking that is that I'm not currently doing all of the things that I think the truly excellent or best students in that program would be doing. I'm not waking up at the crack of dawn to work on my thoughts, work on my mindset. I'm not hardcore committed to my personal development like I maybe was six or nine months ago. And even with the program I'm currently in, I haven't even finished going through the course. I haven't completed the workbook. I don't show up for the majority of the live calls. And in a nutshell, I just have this gnawing feeling, this belief 
that I am not being a great student. I, I'm not anywhere close to being the best student. Therefore, I don't belong. I'm not worthy and I don't deserve to be in this program. So that's what I brain dumped the, uh, yesterday morning onto my journal, just all of these thoughts that I had. And after looking at this, it, you know, it would have been so easy for me to just leave it there, to leave myself there in this mind drama and this feeling of unworthiness. But because I'm a coach and because I am committed to my personal development and growing in my belief, even with just one small step at a time, I instead decided to write out two more lists. The first was, what exactly am I telling myself about being the best student? And a lot of my answers were just what I mentioned earlier about waking up super early and spending all day long working on your thoughts. Um, and then my second list, after I looked at this other one that very clearly jumped out at me as not being the most realistic for me per se, the second list was titled, what does being the best student look like for me? And as I thought to where I'm at, who I am in this current season, and that I have three small kids, I work a little over 20 hours a week, I am already spending a ton of time listening to valuable podcasts and watching the replays of my coaches' sessions that I don't attend, and I'm committed to taking action, and I'm willing to fail and learn from my mistakes. When I examined all of these things, the list I came up with for what being the best student meant for me was actually so much more realistic and doable and exciting, way more exciting than my other one. Because this list wasn't me pitting myself against other people. It wasn't even me pitting myself against these unrealistic standards or impossible standards even. It was me pitting myself against myself, but in a really healthy, challenging kind of way where I was looking at where I'm at now and just maybe simply taking things up a notch. And when I looked at this new list, I felt different. I didn't feel this pressure or this hustly kind of mentality. I felt stronger. I felt powerful. I felt hopeful, inspired, ready to jump into action. And most importantly, I felt worthy again. And not because of how I was already succeeding, but just because of the picture I had painted myself for all of the small but powerful ways I was both able and ready to succeed. And that alone was enough for me to also be able to envision myself being in this program and rising to the occasion and becoming even more of the best student I am capable of being. This whole process of doing my brain dump and writing out these two different lists took me maybe 10 minutes, but it was still enough for me to walk out of my office that morning feeling like a new woman. And here is the, the fun, comical, magical part I really do believe that God has the most incredible sense of humor. I see his handprint all of the time in my business and when I'm working with my clients especially, and I definitely saw him yesterday when I was on a coaching call with one of my clients and I noticed her asking me some very interesting questions like, do you think I'm challenging myself enough? 
Or am I just playing it safe with this goal I've set? What else should I be doing? Should I change my timeline? Should I change my goal? She had this very uncertain, hustly kind of energy about her. And in the same way I got curious with myself, I just got curious with her and I asked her, is it possible that the reason you're asking me these questions is because you're afraid of not being the best student? And she paused for a minute and said, yeah, I think so. And so I got to share with her what I had just worked through myself literally just that morning. It was profound for me and for her. And it got me thinking, where are you ladies at today in your feelings of worthiness or enoughness? And how might this be tied to the way you are trying to define what being the best actually means? I think it is safe to say that all of us here want to be the best moms we can be. But underneath that is also this desire to be the best compared to somebody else. Right? We look at other moms and we think, why can't I be more like her? Oh, she's probably so much more patient and hands-on. She doesn't scream at her kids. She's probably getting better sleep because her toddler doesn't wake up 20 times a night like mine does. I bet her marriage is so much better because she's in a better mood. And, and I'm sure her kids are better behaved because she knows how to discipline them and her kids are wild and I, I don't know what I'm doing. We really do think all kinds of things like this, even without us realizing it, don't we? And here's what I want to propose to us all today, especially if you already know you are in this place and you're already feeling this unworthiness or this not enoughness as a mom. I want you to write your lists. The first list is what am I telling myself about being the best mom? What is it that I'm picturing about this woman? What is it that's causing so much angst and frustration toward myself? What impossible standards am I maybe trying to hold myself to or who am I trying to measure myself up against? And then the second list being, what does being the best mom actually mean for me? For the season I'm in? For what I know about myself? For what is reasonable for me to expect of myself? What can I actually see myself succeeding at? And what if that were to be enough for now? I can almost 100% guarantee you that these two lists will look very different and that the outcome for you emotionally, mentally, even physically after having done this exercise will be different as well because one list creates a sense of unworthiness and pressure and shame and the other list helps build up your sense of self-worth and confidence and contentment and more. This exercise is actually a great way to not just develop your self-worth, but also develop your self-trust because it requires you for even just the 10 or 20 minutes that it might take you to do this. It requires you to assume that you already have the answers and that you define what best actually means, not anybody else. I remember when I first became a mom, I had all kinds of ideas in my head about what being the best mom meant. And almost all of them either came from other people or social media or what I had read in a book or what I saw my peers doing. And, and a lot of it was just that I thought being the best mom meant 
fully natural birth, exclusively breastfeeding, bed sharing, using natural homeopathics only, no spanking. I was a very, very crunchy first time mom. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I was. And here's the thing, I was happy with this definition for being the best mom. I was happy with this for a time until I wasn't. Until it dawned on me, oh, I have never been away from my baby. And I am now actually feeling resentful. And my marriage is suffering. I don't feel like myself. My postpartum rage and all these hormones and all of my unhealthy beliefs, they're actually hurting me. Oh, I actually missed the perfect window for sleep training and now sleep is a nightmare. I realized I have a toddler who won't sleep and I, I got us here. I'm the reason why we're here. Oh, I've allowed my daughter to be sick and have rashes that won't go away because I thought medication was just this, this big no-no. All of these things that I thought were best had been determined by somebody else and not by what I had actually determined on my own was best for me or for my daughter or for our family. And I just want to say, I'm still in support of all of those things. I still believe that these are the best things for different moms in different seasons, for different kids, and for different reasons. But being the best mom for me now as a mom of three and now being on my third baby is very different. Now that I've stopped looking to the world or looking to other people to define this word for myself and I've had a few years of growing in my self-worth and growing in self-trust, I've learned that being the best mom for me now actually looks like formula feeding. And it's sleep training from an early age. It's having help so that my newborn is not fully dependent on me when I'm needing to work and help provide for our family. And it's so many other things than just these. But I wanted to share some of these specifically because these are the things I used to judge or think were bad, the opposite of being the best, simply because of how closed-minded I allowed myself to be. And I'm wondering, what if this is one of the biggest disservices we do to ourselves as moms? We stay closed-minded, which keeps us from experiencing the gift and the freedom of exploring new things, possibly finding even better ways of being and doing and developing even more self-trust. About a month ago, I finally got to hop on one of those weekly live group coaching calls that my coach offers every week in her program. I had had opportunities before, but I always found reasons for why I would just wait and I wouldn't raise my hand or ask for help. But this time, I did finally raise my hand and I just said out loud in front of her and everybody, I'm really struggling to come to these calls and I'm really struggling to ask for coaching because I don't feel worthy. And I explained to her how in my mind, I didn't think that I deserved to ask my questions because I hadn't first sat down to try to solve them and answer them on my own. I thought that I don't deserve to ask for coaching if I'm not putting all of my energy into bettering myself first. And she so compassionately helped me see that first of all, that's not true. And second of all, this is what she's here for. So that I don't have to try to solve all of my problems on my own. So that I don't have to put all of my energy into bettering myself without having any other voice to help me and guide me and point out my blind spots. 
she told me, you are always welcome to ask for coaching. You can come here and bring your questions. You can post in the group. You can ask for insight from your peers. And it was like this light bulb moment for me. I had been so closed-minded around what makes a person worthy of being coached. And I thought to myself, how terrible would it be if I were to bring that closed-mindedness into the way I communicate and show up as a coach for my clients? I would never want a woman to feel unworthy of being coached by me, whether because of me or because of something they're just assuming or believing. I would always want them to show up with the belief that they are a great student and that they are a worthy client and that they are able to be coached. And I'm sharing this because whether you're wrestling with your worthiness as a mom or wrestling with your worthiness as an employee or business owner or student or wrestling with worthiness just as an individual, as somebody who has been created and called and given a purpose in this world, or if you were even wrestling with the worthiness to ask for help and gift yourself some support and possibly even work with a coach, Enroll in Mom Empowered, work with me on getting you to where you want to be and reaching your goals, however you are wrestling today. If it's any one of those things or even something I haven't mentioned, I want you to think about how much more powerful and impactful and how much more compassionate to others that you will be able to be when you are in a place of no longer trying to prove your worth by comparing yourself to others. And are instead in a place of accepting your worth by staying in your lane and allowing yourself to be where you are. This ties so well with last week's conversation on living in the victory, showing up now as the woman you are still becoming. But this goes even beyond that. Because when you are in this place of, I'm not the best mom, because of your closed-mindedness of what being the best mom looks like and what that really means, you will unknowingly project that same pressure and that same feeling of unworthiness onto others. You maybe already see it in your life right now. You maybe already see it in the way you think and talk to your significant other about his parenting. Or you might see it in the way you, you think about your friends or your parents, or strangers on the internet. And in contrast, when you are in a place of, I'm a great mom, I'm becoming an even better mom. And here's what that looks like for me and me alone. When you are in that place, you suddenly feel so much more free and able to give yourself more grace. And you end up being able to offer that same kind of freedom and grace to everyone around you too. It changes your relationships. It enables you to have this beautiful, powerful impact in a world that's already so consumed with pressure and hustle and shame. And it also speaks volumes to your kids because they learn the most from you. And if you want to, you can be the one who teaches them how to not define their worth by the rest of the world and how to see themselves as worthy just as they are while also being able to look ahead to where they're headed and what's possible. I know right now you might be thinking, but I'm not a great mom. And if that is the case, I'm going to challenge you to look again. Look again. Look back on all of the evidence. All of the times when you either felt like a great mom 
were told you were a great mom or your kids confirmed you were a great mom because I promise you the evidence is out there. You've just maybe been too busy comparing yourself to others or using other people's definition of what being a great mom means in order for you to see it. The truth that I need reminding of yesterday is that I'm already a great student. I might not be spending hours a day working on my mindset, but I make a hell of a lot of progress in just 10 minutes. I do. I might not be completing all of my coursework, but when I do watch a video or when I hear something that really impacts me, I don't forget it. And I might not always ask for coaching when I could be asking for it, but when I do and my coach tells me to do something, I do it. I'm a great student. My clients are great students. And if you make the decision to enroll in Mom Empowered and work with me, I have a feeling that you will be a great student too. All right, that's all I've got for you ladies today. As always, I love you. I am rooting for you. And we will talk again next week.